TII item 359, August 19th, 2015. iOS 8.4.1 and Rite Aid makes the right decision. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Russell for sending in the music you hear in the background. Russell wrote... Hi Rob, I'm an independent musician who lives in Las Vegas, Nevada. This song is made with the GarageBand iOS app. This one in particular has a great bass and guitar solo. Regards, Russell Campis. Well, thanks Russell for the music. And folks, I'll put the full song at the end of this episode. I also want to thank Jeff for sending in the artwork for today's show. Jeff wrote, Hi Rob, this TII image created using the Sketch Club Tangled FX, and the new text feature recently added to the Matter apps. Regards, Jeff. Well, thanks, Jeff, for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Jeff's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 359 or at Instagram.com todayinios and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at Facebook.com slash todayinios. If you have some artwork and or music that you have created on an iOS device, you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, at today's BlackBerry developers event, RIM announced their iPad beater, the playbook. 7-inch, 9.7mm thick tablet outputs at 1080p, has e-reader functionality, and features its own BlackBerry tablet OS, unquote. Brian Barrett, Gizmodo, 27th of September, 2010. Yeah, even Gizmodo could not see the writing on the wall at BlackBerry. You know, the writing that said, stick a fork in us, hey, the fat lady singing, you know, all that stuff. Just saying. This week, we have promo codes for the app Home PWS. Here is the written review from the dev. You turn on the evening news and the weather report shows the temperature and current weather conditions at the nearest airport. That's great, but the thing is, most people don't live near an airport. Weather conditions can often vary significantly across a small area, meaning that what is happening at the airport is likely not the same as where you live. Home PWS is an application designed to access current weather conditions from personal weather stations from all over the world. The application will also benefit current weather underground PWS owners who can easily check their home stations while on the go, Features, it displays the current weather conditions for nearby or known stations for anywhere in the world, including temperature, dew point, feels like temperature, 24-hour temperature change, wind speed and direction, pressure and trends, precipitation in the last hour, daily total precipitation, solar radiation and UV index, and many more features. This app was made by degreed meteorologist, full-time dad, and part-time app developer. Your support is appreciated. Well, thanks to the devs for their written review of their app, Home PWS, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put home in the subject line and get me those emails prior to August 21st as these promo codes expire on the 28th. So short turn on this one. 
I'm not going to say first come, first serve, but I'm going to be pulling names on the 21st of August. So get your emails into me, as always, to todayinios at gmail.com. Again, in this one, put home in the subject line. A quick reminder, if you're an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you would like to get your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please let me know when they expire. And if you don't feel comfortable sending in the 60-second audio review, then go ahead and send in the written review. But please read it out so it times out around 60 seconds and not longer because I will cut it at 60. Thanks to all that sent in various links about the 8.4.1 update to iOS. The articles out there varied in recommendations from no, don't do it if you're a jailbreaker, to yes, you must do it, it fixes lots of security bugs. Latter see the former, former see the latter. In all, Apple fixed over 40 bugs with this double dot update. That includes the three that were used in the current jailbreak. So yes, this update was definitely focused on killing the jailbreak, and Apple succeeded. I will have a link in the show notes to the Apple report on this update. In it, you will find all the bugs and issues squashed with this update, including the first three where Apple gives credit to the jailbreaking team. Kind of a, I don't know if that's a wink and a nod or a little New York salute to them. In any case, you'll see them listed right there. If you are a jailbreaker or thinking of jailbreaking, do not update past iOS 8.4. Stop at 8.4. Do not go to 8.4.1. If you are not a jailbreaker and you are using Apple Music, then this is the update you are looking for, as again, it fixes bugs with Apple Music and makes your iOS device more secure. As with any iOS update, there are always reports of new issues popping up. So if you are sitting there with 8.4 and all's working well and you have no issues and you're not using Apple Music, you may want to consider holding off updating for now. That said, I would recommend this update for all non-jailbreakers. First, before you update, make sure you do my recommended steps where you close out all the open apps, do a backup, then reset network settings, and then after it reboots, after that, then you do the update. Some of the problems that have popped up with 8.4.1, and mind you, this is just for a very, very small percentage of people, and, and those problems are iMessage problems, Bluetooth problems, data problems, Wi-Fi problems, and battery life problems. If you have any of these issues, the first recommendation I have seen out there on the boards, and which seems to work for most, is, you guessed it, go to Settings, General, Reset, Reset Network Settings. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if the people that had done that before they updated, probably a good chance they would not have seen the issues that they're seeing after the update. So again, Go ahead and do that before you update. It's going to save you some headache. It's going to save some of you some headache. I know some people are going to email me going, I didn't do that and it didn't have any problems for for me. Great. Congratulations. For everyone else, Just it's a good idea to do it that way. Um, in the Google Plus community, Ed Tilden asked, quote, is it worth upgrading to iOS 8.4.1 from 8.3 if you have no interest in Apple Music or should I wait until iOS 9 comes out, unquote? I think this was one that's more straightforward. If you're at 8.3 and have no interest in Apple Music and jailbreaking, yes, you should still upgrade, as there were bigger bugs fixed uh, and security issues fixed in 8.4 and then more in 8.4.1. 
so you get a more secure device with 8.4.1 than with 8.3. That said, here is a response from Levi M. Quote, I wish I had stayed at 8.3. The music app changed way too much for my taste and kicked audiobooks into the iBooks app. I personally hate the new music app, unquote. That said, Levi did say he's also jailbroken, so he is able to put in the patch that came with 8.4 via the jailbreak, which he could have done if he had stayed at 8.3. So, again, if you're at 8.3, you're going to jailbreak, then you definitely don't want to upgrade. Otherwise, I do recommend you upgrade. If you need your iPhone or iOS device for work, then wait until the end of your work week to update. So if you're a standard Monday to Friday work week, don't update tomorrow or the middle of the week. Wait until Friday evening. Do the upgrade then. That way, if you have any issues, you have your off days to fix those issues that may happen from any of the updates. And and that's something I always recommend anyway. Always do your updates at the end of your business week if you need your iOS device for business. Switching gears. Thanks to Michael for this next one, which is a tip on how you can change your signal strength indicator from dots to a numerical number. Simply go to the iPhone and type in star 3001 pound 12345 pound star, then tap call. Once in the field test mode, hold down the power button until you see the slide to power off message, then release the power button. Next, press and hold the home button. About five seconds later, the phone should automatically go from the power off screen to the home screen, and in the upper left, the power indicator should now be showing a number. FYI, minus 113 is on the low end of the signal strength, and minus 50 is on the upper side of the signal strength. The closer you are to zero, i.e. the closer you are to minus 50, the better. The closer you are to minus 113, the worse. About the best I've seen at my house is about minus 100, and I'm typically between minus 100 and minus 110 in my house. Let's see what kind of numbers you guys get. Hey, if anyone gets anything close to 50, send me a screenshot. No ads, no sponsors for today's episode, which is unique. We have had them for quite a few episodes in a row, and we've got quite a few more going forward. But today happens to be an off day. So what I would like to ask you guys is for your help, and that's to promote TII to your friends, your relatives, coworkers, or on social media. Next time you're with a friend or relative and you're talking about podcasting or, or start that conversation, go to their phone, ask, it, ask them for it, and search for the TI app and install the TI app on their device. Or in social media, mention the Today in iOS podcast to your social media peeps. Say, hey, check out this podcast and put a link to us in iTunes or put a link to todayinios.com. Again, if you, if you can, get a hold of your friends or relatives or coworkers' smartphone and install the TI app. Or if you have social media and you're on social media and active, put a post in Facebook or Twitter or, or wherever you are active in social media to todayinios.com. Many of you already email me and tell me that you're doing this, and I very much appreciate it. For those that haven't helped spread the word, please do. The more time you get, you guys are spending spreading the word on the show, the less time I have to do it, which means it's more time for me to research more topics and answer more of your questions. So again, let your peeps know about Today in iOS, be it social media or just directly on their smartphone. Hi, Rob. This is Cedric from Chicago Land, longtime listener, always giving feedback, etc. Just wanted to comment on the gentleman from the last episode that wanted an app to announce his text messages. He's the guy that went back from an Android to back to an Apple fanboy. Great job. 
great decision as well. Um, he could actually use voiceover. I actually use voiceover quite extensively, and she will announce emails if you want, text messages, etc. It's setups in your notifications. Enjoy the show. Great job, Rob. Thanks. Thanks, Cedric, for that feedback, and into the email bag on this. Hey, Rob, wondering why you did not offer the Android Switcher text message Bluetooth question the solution of asking Siri to read the message to him. I know it's not automatic, but he would just need to press a button on the Bluetooth headset to invoke Siri. Regards, Edgar. Hi, Rob. This is Kevin from Scotia, New York. After listening to your podcast, I heard Jonathan was having an issue with having uh, messages read to him by an iOS device. The best way I found was simply saying, Siri, read me that message. Have a great day. Love your show. Bye. And from the email bag again on this. Hi, Rob. Not finished with the current episode, but just wanted to email. Literally, the user can say, read messages via Siri, and it will do what he wants. Regards, David W. Hey, Rob. This is Jeff Nielsen. I was just listening to your latest podcast, and Jonathan, at the end of the podcast, was wondering if there was an app to read your messages. Well, I don't think you need an app, as you would in an Android, because uh, all you have to do is say, Siri, read me the message. And Siri will come up and tell you how many messages you have, and we'll read them to you. So there's no app required in iOS. So I'm glad he's back. Again, Jeff Nielsen, thanks for all you do. Have a good day. Bye. I would like to say thanks to Cedric, Edgar, Kevin, David, and Jeff, plus everybody else that sent in similar feedback as them about how to get Siri to automatically read the message to his Bluetooth headphones. Again, it's not automatic, but it's very easy. So I hope that helps you out there, Jonathan. We are now well over 2,000 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came from Jamie P, and I'm not going to even try to pronounce your last name, who posted the following question. Quote, okay, this is a long shot, but worth a try. Has anyone ever been successful in unlocking a smash screen in order to back up photos? Unquote. From the comments, uh, the issue Jamie is having is the device cannot be backed up to the PC unless it's unlocked. And they are with Sprint, who will need, who doesn't actually do a repair, but rather a place on the units when something like this happens. And they have photos they need to get off the device. In fairness to Jamie, it's actually her son's phone, whom she had warned and told to back up, and he did not. And she has insurance on it and does not want to take it to a third party that could do the repair and pay them the extra amount to do the repair when she already has insurance to cover it. So that all said, there have been recommendations to try and use voiceover by triple tapping the home button, but so far no luck. Seems it comes down to now a choice of losing the photos or paying a third party to fix the screen. If anyone has any other suggestions for Jamie, you can email or call them in. And let's see if anyone has gone through this before and what they had to do to get into a device where their screen was shattered and they couldn't input the passcode. And since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens of other new posts in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboy's free zone and spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 2,000 plus of you already in the community and contributing. Also from the Google Plus community was this post from Stephen Williams, who wrote, quote, 
if after the free trial of Apple Music, you don't continue with the service, can you then no longer access any music you have made available for offline use? Unquote. That's an easy one. Any music you download via Apple Music is wrapped in DRM, like a pig wrapped in a blanket. And once you cancel the Apple Music service, any of that music will cease to be playable. That was a hard requirement put in place from the record labels to Apple to allow them to offer this service. That said, it is just plain good business sense anyway. Once you stop paying for the streaming service, you no longer get that streaming content. And that is what Apple Music is, a streaming service at heart with the added advantage of offline playback, which is something, you know, as a bonus Apple added. So they had to make sure they have it in DRM and they had to make sure that content is protected so that when you do cancel, you no longer have access to it. Thanks to Miko for this next one, which is the folks at Rite Aid finally came to their senses and turned back on the ability to take Apple Pay for payment. If you don't remember, back when Apple Pay launched, Rite Aid turned off that capability on their payment terminals. The terminals were already set up for NFC payment, but due to their agreement with Current C and the merchant customer exchange which they're part of, um, evidently that agreement or part of it um, required them not to allow Apple Pay or competing services, and that part of the agreement has now expired sometime this year, allowing Rite Aid to now accept Apple Pay if they wanted, and it seems they want. So right now, today, if you go into a Rite Aid, you should be able to use Apple Pay. Rite Aid did say they will also be accepting currency when that is finally rolled out later this year, and by rolled out, they mean later this year when currency is carried by six to its launch party. I was a guest on the last episode of Mac Voices, part of the Mac Jury, and we talked about what we want and need in the next iPad. Thanks to Chuck Joyner for having me on the show, and I was joined on that episode by Jeff Gamet, who is the managing editor for the Mac Observer, and also Father Gabriel Mosher from the site eighthway.com. So when you're done with this episode, go to the show notes for episode 359 and look for the link to the Mac Voices post, and then you can hear what we have to say in, in greater detail about what we all think we need and want in the next-gen iPad. Well, it looks like new iPhones are starting to show up on server logs. Research firm Fixu looked at the logs for many of the apps it works with and found the iPhone 8.1 and iPhone 8.2 in their logs. Last year around this time, they also found iPhone 7.1 and 7.2 in their logs, and those turned out to be the 6 and 6 Plus respectively. So this time it looks like the 6S and 6S Plus respectively are the 8.1 and 8.2. What is not found is a third new iPhone. So rumors or hopes or prayers for an updated 4-inch iPhone Call it the iPhone 6C if you want. Yeah, right now, the evidence is not pointing to that happening, at least not at the September event. Leading up to the September 9th event, a lot of the news that's going to be coming out will really be speculation on what will or will not be announced. The last few weeks leading up to the event each year are some of the toughest weeks in the year for, for anyone covering the iPhone, just because so many people realize there is a feeding frenzy going on that they want to get in on it, and that means lots of bogus posts or to sort through and filter out. Okay, that said, here is the latest in what I consider the most interesting rumors that don't come from total whack jobs with emphasis on the word total. First off, Bluetooth 4.1. That comes from me based on Bluetooth being in the iPod Touch 6 gen. I think that's a given. The A9 processor. That comes from well, everyone based on everything. 
2 gig of RAM. This coming from many based on iOS 9 and many features only available on for the iPad Air, which has 2 gig of RAM. So everyone's just speculating that, yeah, the next iPhones are going to have 2 gig of RAM. Per the new camera, this is where rumors move all over the place. There is the 12 megapixel camera rumor attributed to many, Ming-Chi Kuo being a big promoter of that rumor. But other rumors around the camera are pointing to the Lynx camera module. Talk a little bit more about that at the end of this segment. Ming also said the casing design and materials would be different and would prevent another bend gate. This is recently backed up by leaked photos of the case showing a different case design. It seems a little bit more structurally sound. Most are expecting just two new iPhones, both at the same 4.7 and 5.5 inch size as we had with the 6 and 6 Plus. I think given the history of the 3G and then 3GS, 4 and then 4S, and then 5 and then 5S, it will not surprise anyone to see S added to the current models and the package size and dimensions stay the same. There are rumors of an approved Touch ID, which what could mean anything when they always say, oh, well, improved Touch ID. Well, how much improved and what's improved? There is also the Rose Gold iPhone 6 Plus Edition iPhone rumor, which is basically a iPhone 6 Plus on steroids with gold on the outside and a much higher price. One of the other more recent rumors was about future and maybe the next iPhones being waterproofed. One other, and let's not call this a rumor, but rather someone looking at an Apple patent and hoping that that would come about, and it is about the home button being able to pop up and then be used for a joystick for games. So essentially there is a home button which would have springs under it and when you want to use it for a joystick, it would pop up. Yeah, I can't seeing that cause any issues like breaking off during gameplay or when it pops out accidentally and you're shoving it in your pocket getting ripped off. Oh yeah. Uh, or how about when it gets stepped on by a flying pink elephant, which is about just as likely as the option of it popping out to start with. So yes, on one side of the rumor mill, you have people going about, hey, they're going to get rid of the home button. And now this one comes where they're saying, hey, the home button can turn into a joystick. Um, no, to either this time around. There will still be a home button, and it will be pretty much what you have now. All right. Put those rumors out there for a reason. In the past, if you look at all the rumors before a new iPhone launches, there are some that seem like slam dunks that don't happen. Then there are new features added that no one was predicting. So that leads me to this question. What new feature or features are you looking for that would make the next iPhone a must-have upgrade for you? For some, it's just being released because you've been waiting for so long. But for others, like myself, with an iPhone 6 Plus or the 6, you may need something major to push you to an upgrade this early. For me, what would take... It's the Link camera module. If the iPhone 6S Plus has that, then I'll upgrade. But force touch and a slight increase on the camera, nah, that's not going to do it for me. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Let me know what new feature or features you need to upgrade you come September. Especially if it's one that I did not just mention, because, you know, there will be new features not on that bingo card. So let's see what you guys can throw out there that's not part of the rumor mill that you need, or if it is something in the rumor mill that you need. In my mind, in my way of thinking and looking at past specs, I really believe the camera 
is the one that's going to be driving people to upgrade sooner than anything else. And I already said that for me. So I reached out to Mike over at the Lens Shark podcast and 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 I asked Mike, hey, you know, tell me what you think about the links. So here's some of his comments. Again, this is Mike from the Lens Shark podcast, one of the best photo podcasts out there. If you if you're into photography, definitely check out the Lens Shark podcast. And again, this is what Mike is saying with regards to the Lynx camera module. Quote, Hi Rob, I have no doubt that Apple acquired them to not only be included in the iPhone, but in the iPad as well. I have an iPhone 6 Plus, and I have love it, and I've taken photos with it that people swear were taken with a DSLR. Lighting plus technique plus capable sensors equals hard to tell. What's funny is they only paid 20 to 30 million. That's insane. Apple had that much in couch cushions. Seriously, it was chump change for them. In the big boy camera world, there are cameras which take multiple images once, like the iPhone does for HDR photos, and can take 12 megapixel sensors, uh, with take photos that which are 40 plus megapixels when it's all said and done. Watch for Apple to acquire technology like that too, but that'll fill up the drive in the iPhone quickly. People want to take photos in all lighting conditions and have them be sharp. Apple knows that, and they're clearly working on that. Lynx was a huge step in that direction. There are other smartphones out there which take better images than the iPhone, but not by a huge margin. Once Apple incorporates Lynx technology, they'll have a massive advantage. Apple can outspend anyone, and they can, can and will acquire technology not only to utilize the technology, but to keep it away from ma other manufacturers. It's an effective strategy. Regards, Mike from the Lens Shark Podcast, unquote. Thanks again, Mike, for your comments. And folks, check out Mike's podcast, Lens Shark Photography Podcast. Obviously, you can find that in the podcast app. And I'll try to get Mike on here for a special segment after the new iPhone is announced, because if it does have this, the Lynx module, we're going to talk about that in more detail. And if it doesn't, we'll talk about what is available with the new camera and how important the new camera is. Because I really do believe going forward, the camera is the most important feature in the iPhone because the, the iPhone has replaced everybody's point and shoot. So unless you are, like Mike said, someone walking around with a zoom lens, your iPhone has become your primary camera. I know it is for me. And we don't even, if we have point and shoots around anymore, I don't know where they are. There are a lot of rumors leading up to WWDC that Apple would unveil a TV or and or moving streaming service similar to Apple Music. Obviously, that did not happen. Then the rumors quickly pivoted and said, well, it's just coming out in the fall, as Apple was still finalizing the deal with the TV studios and other video rights holders. Now comes rumor of another pivot, this time from Bloomberg's that says, yeah, not this fall either. Maybe sometime in 2016, maybe. Essentially, it is taking longer for Apple to cut deals with these rights holders like CBS and 21 Century Fox and so on. The rumors indicate that shocker, it is the price of the content that is the point of contention. Another issue beyond pricing is concerns that Apple does not have the backbone capacity in place to handle such a huge amount of data while offering up an end-user experience that is seamless. If you think that's not a realistic issue, go to your Apple TV, go to the Trailers app, and try watching a few trailers. It is a brutally painful experience. Either or both of these issues is enough to delay things, so those looking to spend another $40 a month for Apple for streaming video content, yeah, you may be waiting until 2016, if not later. 
Personally, $40 a month seems steep unless you are killing off cable completely. But still, that is over four times the price of Netflix. So unless that $40 a month includes some live streaming sports packages, you ain't going to see many people, at least in the Midwest here, updating to that. We like our live streaming sports. Guess we'll know when we know, but we're likely not going to know until sometime in 2016. Best case at this point. Speaking of Apple TV, the rumors around a new Apple TV are continuing to heat up. I mean, actually, you know, new Apple event equals new Apple TV rumor, right? 9to5Mac is reporting or suggesting or hoping that the next Apple TV will be announced on the September 9th stage. And it will have the following features. 1. It'll run a version of iOS 9. 2 and 3. It will have an A8 chip and 1 gig of RAM and 32 gig of internal storage. I guess that's two, three, and four. Then five would be it will have a new remote and said remote will work with Siri. Is, is that six and seven? It will also come with the App Store. I guess that's eight. And the new remote will have a touchpad as well. well the whole thing will be a touchpad, so that's nine. So those are nine of the key things that we're going to see with the new Apple TV. It'll be interesting to see if this event is when a new Apple TV is actually launched or it'll be another wah-wah-wah moment for me at the end of that event, realizing that, once again, a new Apple TV was not announced. Lots of rumors about an Apple car in the last week. A lot of those rumors are driven by the release of records where Apple requested to use the GoMentum Station, a 2100-acre formal naval base that is currently being used by some manufacturers' autonomous vehicles to do testing. What the letter from Apple said was, quote, we would like to get an understanding of timing and availability for space and how we would need to coordinate around other parties who would be using it, unquote. But here's the deal. Just because Apple is looking for testing uh, or testing ground for a car does not mean it is a car they are developing. It could also be for testing CarPlay. There is nothing in the emails indicating it's about testing self-driving cars, I know a lot of people want Apple to release its own self-driving electric automobile, but it's not likely to happen anytime soon. If, and this is a big if, if Apple ever does introduce a car, it would be something they would need to announce years, as in multiple years in advance, just because of all the testing and the government approval that will be needed. This will not be a September 9th event announcement with pre-orders starting on September 11th and cars being delivered on September 18th. This is something where Apple's going to announce it, and then a couple of years later, they're going to open it up for pre-orders, and then maybe a year after that, they'll start actually delivering cars. There's a lot of safety testing that's required. You know, Tesla didn't just announce and release. They announced way in advance and then did pre-orders way in advance. So I think this is something Apple's going to have to do ahead of time. Plus, cars are something you only buy once every so many years, you know, once every five to ten years at best. So Apple's going to want to announce it ahead of time so people know to hold off and wait for that Apple car so they can go ahead and put that pre-order in and really extend out the number of potential buyers of that initial car, which will be quite expensive. So not something I'm likely going to be getting here on the show unless you guys really kick in the Kickstarter campaign for that one. Um, yeah, not, not expecting that. So again, don't expect an Apple car anytime soon. And the email that Apple sent that was released 
does not in any way, shape, or form indicate it's an autonomous vehicle or it's even a vehicle they're developing. As the testing site even says, hey, this is a great place to do your in-car testing, not just car testing of cars, but in-car testing to see how it works in this very closed private track. Hi, Rob. This is Martin from Denmark. On TII 357, a guy asked for a way to publish his app outside the Apple App Store. He assumed the only way was to offer it via Cydia for jailbroken iOS devices. There is another way, so his app will be available for non-jailbroken devices. Look at the project iMame for All. It's an arcade emulator, which is not welcome at the App Store. They publish, in addition to the dev package for Cydia, an IPA package for non-jailbroken devices. When you have the IPA package, you can sign it with your own developer certificate using the iResign application for Mac. So an IPA can be installed on your non-jailbroken device outside the App Store. Well, for non-developers, it's quite expensive to buy the $99 fee to be able to sign the app for a non-jailbroken device. I have seen users online that create a provision profile under their developer certificate for $10. This is rumored to be sold in iOS 9, where anyone with Xcode could be able to install apps on their own device without a developer certificate. Martin, thanks for the feedback. It'll be interesting to see if someone comes up with a new easy solution incorporating the iOS 9 ability and Xcode to go ahead and install apps outside of the App Store. So we'll see if there's some easy to do solution that someone's able to hack together for the average everyday user and if they're able to do these side loads of apps uh, that way. Uh, it'd be very interesting to see that. Into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, always enjoy your podcast. I have a question for you since you have an iPhone 6 Plus. Is there a reason for you to upgrade your iPhone September 9th? Are you going to with an iPhone 6S or 6S Plus? Essentially, are you going to stick with the larger screen or go back to the smaller iPhones or six or just the 6S regards Jamie H in Mesa, Arizona? Well, Jamie, as I mentioned a little earlier in the episode, which you didn't know before you sent that in, uh, what will get me to upgrade would be to have the Lynx camera module. So if there's a major upgrade in the camera, then I'll look at it. Which size would I go with in the future? I'm going to stay with the 6 plus size. I like the 6 plus size, so I wouldn't go down in smaller size. That said, my wife does not like either the 6 or the 6 plus size. She likes a 4-inch phone. So unless there is a 4-inch phone, she won't be upgrading from her 5S. So she'll stay with the 5S until there is another 4-inch phone to upgrade to. Hi, Rob. In response to David from Ireland, the voiceover speech staying with the phone is an AirPlay-specific thing. I know many people who desire this for Bluetooth. One solution requires that you have an Apple Watch, but you could control the music through the now playing glance and only hear voiceover through the Apple Watch speaker. Regarding my Apple Watch, does unpairing and repairing reset the watch completely or is it quick? I want to have some time to go through the setup process again if this is indeed the case. Daniel is hilarious that Place in California with the bridge. Love it. You should continue the fun with Siri segments at the end of the show. Really breaks things up a bit. Thanks for your help and advice. Regards, Chelsea. Chelsea, thanks for the feedback. And per your question about the Apple Watch and unpairing and repairing and resetting, is it quick? It is quick. Uh, if you're having problems with your Apple Watch, you may want to just do a factory restore. I mean, it's 
doesn't take that much. There's not that all that much in it. So you may want to go back and just look at doing a whole factory restore and starting from scratch on your Apple Watch if you're having any issues. That said, remember this. Apple Watch OS version 1, which is what we're currently at, don't think of it as version 1. Think of it as beta version. It's really the Apple Watch OS 2 that's going to be the real production release of Apple Watch OS as far as I'm concerned. So right now, if you're having some issues with Apple Watch OS, remember, it really is beta software, just like the original iPhone software was beta, and it wasn't until we got to version 2 where you can install apps, and it's going to be the same way here, and you're going to see much, you expect to see much better improvement in performance with the Apple Watch once we go to OS 2. Hi Rob, not sure if you have mentioned this Indiegogo project yet. They're only offering a case for the iPhone 6 for now. I'm hoping they will get enough requests for the 6 Plus regards Lawrence. What Lawrence is talking about is the Thin Charge One Word project, which is claiming to be the world's thinnest battery phone case. This will double your battery life on the iPhone 6. With the iPhone 6 naked and afraid as it comes from the manufacturer, it is 0.27 inches in thickness and weighs 4.6 ounces. With the thin charge and the iPhone 6 installed in it, it is 0.5 inches thick and only 4.9 ounces. So that doubles the thickness, or almost doubles it, which is good since part of that thickness is a protective lip on the front of the case to keep your screen from cracking when you drop it on its face. This project had a goal of 30K. They are over 45K now with 37 days left for funding. The early bird backer price for this is $59 with 472 of the 1,000 set aside at that price that have been claimed. So you have time, but not much to get in on that early bird pricing. Estimated delivery is September 2015, which means these are already built. That's the only way they're able to do that. Sadly, again, there is no option for the iPhone 6 Plus. This is just for the iPhone 6 and 6S or whatever the next Gen 6 is going to be called, assuming it is the same dimensions. To get more info on this, go to Indiegogo.com and search for Thin Charge, one word, or just look for the link in the show notes for episode 359 over at todayinios.com. Thanks to Michael for the heads up on this next one, which is news that you no longer need to set an appointment to go and try on an Apple Watch. This means you also no longer need to give your name and Apple ID to try one on. If you happen to be out and about and find yourself at an Apple store or near an Apple store and want to try one on, you now can with no appointment needed. It looks like you can still make an appointment if you want. You just no longer have to make an appointment. Hello, this is Shauna from Indianapolis, and I'm calling about an app I discovered called Duet. It works with your Mac and your iPad, and the iPad is a separate display so you can do one thing and then drag it over to the iPad display so it's like having two monitors. And Shona, sorry about that, your voicemail then got cut out, but just for people to know on this, it's called Duet Display. I think we've talked about it a couple times in the past, uh, not recently. It is a $16 app and it allows you to make your iPad or even an iPhone 6 or 6 Plus um, a secondary display, which you can then pull things onto. So if you're interested in this, you have a Mac, and you'd like to have, this works best with an iPad, really. And you'd like to use your iPad as a secondary display or a third display, uh, you can do so with the app Duet.
And again, look for the link in the show notes for Duet Display. And this is, once again, a $15.99 app. So it's not cheap, but uh, look at the reviews. It is very, very highly rated. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I am experiencing weird behavior on my 6 Plus with the music app. Audio keeps pausing by itself without me doing anything. I thought it was an issue with my Apple earbuds, but I still have the same issue with the new pair. I don't have this issue with the podcast app, just the music one. What can I try to troubleshoot this? Regard, Steve in Brisbane. Well, Steve, yeah, I was going to tell you, first thing I thought of was you're having an issue with the, uh, the earbuds, and you're saying you're seeing that with the new one. Are you seeing this as well when you have the earbuds completely removed? Maybe there's some dirt or debris inside your, your uh, headphone connector or plug. So you might want to look at that, see um, if there's any if this problem keeps up when you don't have any earbuds connected at all. That said, if anyone else has had this issue with the music app and only the music app, let us know if you found a solution to it. Give us a call or shoot us an email. Back to the email. Hi, Rob. Do you or any of your listeners know if there is a way for notifications on the Apple Watch message is in particular to go straight to the red dot and not appear as full screen notification first? Doing some testing, it seems the notifications go to the red dot after approximately 10 seconds. However, if you turn your wrist and the screen turns on within the first 10 seconds, the full screen notification does not go away without pressing a physical button. Regards, David M. from the UK. Well, David, one thing you can do is just put your hand over the top of the screen. That'll make it go away and close the screen down right away, and then it should go, should go away after that. Beyond that, um, if I don't believe there's any way to set it to go to the red dot, but if anyone knows of a way so it doesn't show up there, but still goes into the red dot, so it still shows us a notification coming through, let us know, give us a call, shoot us an email. Here's a post from the Google Plus community from Saul Lowry, aka Mr. Sales, talking about his Apple Watch issues for his Space Gray Apple Watch Sport and scratches on the back and flaking of the paint. Saul said the following, quote, an Apple engineer called me yesterday and today wanting to speak to me, but I wasn't able to pick up on the phone. So they left me a voice message and also emailed me. When I was able to finally call them back today, he introduced himself as an Apple engineer and was calling to investigate my Apple Watch Sport scratching problem. He asked me a series of questions and also mentioned that there were others with the same issue. Hey Rob, I gave Today in iOS a shout out as the way I initially found out about the, my paint peeling off the back of the Apple Watch problem. He said it wasn't officially a manufacturing defect, but it's leaning towards that being the issue. If you had your Apple Watch replaced for this issue, expect a possible call from Apple themselves to get the gist of your daily activity and use case of your Apple Watch. He even asked me the types of workouts I do and my working environment. I told him I use my Apple Watch from 4 in the morning to 10 at night, ending the day with roughly 45% battery life. He was like, wow, that's a long day. He was pretty cool with very and very courteous. I really didn't mind the phone call. I only wish other companies' customer service were this great. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. He said that currently Apple Watch Sport Space Gray is the only Apple Watch with this issue. So if you own this model, then you should take a look at the back of your Apple Watch and see if the paint is peeling off the letters and also if there are scratches on the back uh, composite back of your Apple Watch Sport. As of now, Apple will just replace your watch, but in the future they may have a possible fix once they figure out the cause of the issue. 
Hope this helps anybody that's having this problem that I had. Please reach out to me if you want to know what I did to avoid the same fate with my replacement Apple Watch Sport to avoid the scratches. But uh, the paint peeling uh, is a whole other issue. I don't have a clue how to avoid that from happening, unquote. Well, thanks, Saul, or aka Mr. Siles, for that feedback. And really, the paint peeling off, that's an anodization issue. So that's most likely something that was that had a problem with cleanliness at the right before the anodizing process. Probably just a few batches they had that problem with, and they'll get those out of there and get that worked out, I'm sure, in the future. Thanks to everyone that sent in links on this next one, and it's an article in USA Today titled, Siri Saves Teen After Truck Collapses on Him, which, well, is about a teenager, Sam, who had his truck jacked up and the front wheels off, and he was under it working on the brakes when the jack collapsed and the truck came down on him, pinning him under it. Sam was able to butt dial 911 by activating Siri. The operator initially thought it was just another butt dial mistake, but until she realized those screams for help might mean something was up, or down in this case, she dispatched help and they were able to get the truck off of him and get him to the hospital where he suffered several broken ribs. Well, not at the hospital, he suffered that under the truck. Several broken ribs, a bruised kidney, a concussion, and burns on his left arm. He is now in good condition, and Siri is credited for helping save his life. Kudos, Siri, and, well, I guess, Sam, say your butt, for being able to push that home button to activate Siri so she could hear that you wanted to call 911. And, oh yeah, folks, when you jack your car up and you're doing work on it, don't do it without anyone else around. Never do work like that on your vehicle by yourself. Just, just a word of wisdom. Hey Rob, this is Trelawney from California. My Apple Watch receives a text message from my iPhone 6 Plus when I believe it should not. The Wi-Fi radio, the Bluetooth radio, and the airdrop setting are all off on the iPhone 6 Plus. A message comes in over cellular to the iPhone and then it passes that message to the Apple Watch. The Apple Watch indicates in the display that it is not connected with my iPhone. I have duplicated it on another pair of units. If I have my radios off, there should not be any communication going out. Rob, I love your show. Um, thanks for the chance to get this out. Hey Rob, this is Trelawney from California again. Just wanted to add that the, uh, the iOS versions on the 6 Plus and the 6, which were used, was 8.4 and 8.3. The Apple Watches had version 1.0.1. Charlie, thanks for the voicemail message. And I have no idea how that or why that would be happening. I cannot get that to duplicate with my setup. When I turn off all of the radios, like you mentioned, on my iPhone 6 Plus, it's not sending any messages over to my Apple Watch. If anyone else is seeing this or knows why this might be happening, let us know, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I need some help from you or the listeners with a problem I sometimes have with my alarm clock on my 5S. I am running iOS 8.4. The issue is sometimes my alarm doesn't make any sound or vibration. When I wake up late and then wake the phone screen up, Screen shows as if the alarm is going off and waiting to be silenced or snoozed, but not making a sound or vibration. 
I've tried reading the forums for solutions and found that it is a problem with others experiencing as well, but I've yet to find a real solution. One thing that seems to be possibly a culprit is a notification coming in prior to or at the time of the alarm clock going off. This morning, I, it did it to me, and I noticed your push notification on the new episode being up came in prior to the alarm going off, which caused me to turn off the notifications for TII this morning in settings, which I hated to do. It, I'm not sure turning off notifications will help, but I can't take that chance. My alarm going off is too important to me. If you or anyone is aware of this problem and has found a solution, I would love to hear of it. Regards, John M. And John, no, I'm going to throw that one out to the audience because I haven't had that issue happen, but then I don't set the alarm all that often. So if anyone out there has had that issue happen to them, let us know. Give us a call. Actually, I should take that back. I do set my alarm all the time. I'm setting it all the time during the day um, for when I have phone calls. So wait, I have not had that issue happen, and I do set my alarms all the time. So let me just clarify that. But if anyone has had this happen where they set the alarm, um, now, I don't set it for the morning, but I set it during the day. But where they've set the alarm at night and they've had a notification coming in during the night that they've noticed and it caused a problem. If you've solved this problem, let us know. Give us a call. Shoot us an email. All right, Rob, I had my 6 Plus in my pocket at work, and when I took it out of my pocket, it was unlocked. And everything is in black and white, like the TVs of old. I did an internet search, and I found the accessibility setting for Grayscale but this was turned off and I have no idea how to change it back. I was hoping you or your listeners would have an idea on how to fix that regards Jason H. And then Jason sent another email a little bit later. Hey Rob, after emailing you five minutes ago, I did find a solution and it's a known bug since iOS 8.1.3 to fix this issue as restarting my phone or doing restore didn't correct it was to go into the settings app and turn off zoom feature that allows you to triple tap the, the screen. I am playing around with it, and when I turn that feature back on, my phone immediately converts back to black and white. Very frustrating. Just wanted to let you know about it, and if, here's hoping Apple finds a solution with the next update regards Jason H. And if anyone out there has found a solution to this, or you know, other than just turning the Zoom feature off, let us know. Give us a call. Hello, Rob. It's Daniel from Wisbeach, not in Cambridge, but Cambridgeshire. Now, I understand from your previous podcast, somebody wanted to meet me, and that got me thinking. Rob, you need to evolve. As creatures, we always need to evolve. You have the world's best iOS podcast. However, the sad demise of a beautiful lady has led me to this idea. We lost Scylla Black. I'm going to take a few moments to just let that sink in to those people that don't actually know this. She hosted, in the late 80s, early 90s, a fantastic program called Blind Date. You know where I'm going with this. I believe you could have started something here, something beautiful. Kind of like Blind Date, getting people together. What about it? And this could be the start of something beautiful for your show. Now, very quickly, with regards to why your question, actually, when I'm coming to the uh, United States of Greatness, um, yes, fantastic. Thank you very much. I'm obviously going to um, disable a voicemail. Luckily, though, don't have any friends. Well, 
that's until I meet my old mate down at Bumford, that is. Uh, so I shouldn't think that would be a problem, but I will just do it just in case. Uh, secondly, um, oh, what was the other thing, Rob? I can't remember what it was now. Oh, yeah, there it is. Have a nice day. <laughs> Look what I did there. Daniel, thanks as always for your voicemail feedback. What do you dream of? Well, first there's this bus crash. Then I'm in a hotel. Then I'm in some kind of ice station. Then I get confused. What do you dream of? Electric sheep, but only sometimes. What do you dream of? That is I wonder, by the way. Bear winter suddenly was changed to spring, and gentle odors led my steps astray. What do you dream of? Flying. What do you dream of? I only dream of helping you, Robert. Well, dead and fiery winged unicorns. What do you dream of? You. Usually in gorilla suit. Not sure what that's all about. Well, folks, we're going to wrap it up here. I just want to thank you again for listening and, and ask you one more time. If you can, go out to a friend, relative, neighbor, coworker, someone. Just tell them about Today in iOS. If they've got an iPhone or thinking of getting an iPhone, have an iPad, let them know about the show. Grab their iOS device, install the TII app on it. It's free, so get it on their device. That's a great way. And if you're in social media and you have a social media presence of any size, put in a link in there to todayinios.com. Let your peeps in social media know about the show. I really appreciate you helping out promote this podcast. And before we go today, I do want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app, a product review, good or bad. As long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for music you've created on iOS device to play on the show. It's your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. Finally, there is the TII app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app. And did I mention it's free? And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.